On today's show, the Houston Rockets collecting their first dub of the season against a red-hot Utah Jazz team. Final score 114 to 108. Kevin Porter Jr., Jalen Green, and Jabari Smith Jr. all scoring 20-plus each in this game on the way to the win. No Alperin Shingun, no Bruno Fernando, no problem for the Houston Rockets who rolled out Surprisingly, Jabari Smith Jr. at the five spot. We knew we'd get a look at Jabari at the five, but probably not this early in the season. And this was the most comfortable he has looked as an NBA player so far. Really comfortable in that role. Had the big time free throws to close this game out at the very end. And there was a little bit of commotion over on the Rockets bench between Jabari and Jalen. How serious was that? We'll look into all of that and more coming up right here at Locked on Rockets. This is Mission Control, Houston. Ignition sequence start. The Houston Rockets select Jalen Green and Jabari Smith Jr. T-minus 15 seconds. Guidance is internal. Every time I step on that floor, I'm coming. You're getting somebody who's going to come in with a chip on their shoulder, somebody who's going to come, come in and compete from day one. Six, five, four, three, two, one. What's up and welcome to another edition of Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. As always, I'm your host, Jackson Gatlin, native Houstonian and credentialed media member. I'm also the host of Locked on NBA Mondays, host of the State of the Rockets podcast, as well as Rockets Watch. Be sure to follow along on Twitter at JT Gatlin and the show, of course, at Locked on Rockets. Free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. Just search up Locked on Rockets on YouTube. Be sure to like, comment and subscribe. Share your thoughts on the dust-up between Jalen Green and Jabari Smith Jr., which, spoiler alert, it's a big nothing burger. We're going to talk about it here in a second. But this was a fantastic game by the Houston Rockets. Look, yes, they caught the Utah Jazz on second night of a back-to-back, and this is a Utah Jazz team that they they were 3-0, but the last two games, they've gone to overtime against uh, a couple really good opponents. you know, the, the the deck was stacked in the favor of the Rockets in this one, for sure. But it feels good to get the first win of the season. And the way that they did it with a game kind of coming down to the wire, having to maintain composure late in this one to to put the game away. It's a good test for, for a really, really young Houston Rockets team. We're going to talk about Jabari Smith Jr.'s performance, his role at the five spot in this game. We'll talk about the backcourt production between Kevin Porter Jr., Jalen Green. We'll highlight one of the best plays of the game by Tari Eason and Usman Garuba. Uh, we're, we're, there's a lot to kind of unpack from this game, uh, as well as we'll get to the the dust-up incident on the bench between Jalen and Jabari. But where I want to kind of start is just the, the flow of the game. I mean... This was a game that the Rockets came out, you know, it was kind of ugly, honestly, kind of an ugly first half in this one. Uh, Well, maybe an ugly first quarter. Things started to clean up a little bit in the second. But, I mean, 21-18 after one quarter, uh, Rockets rolled into halftime with a six-point lead, I believe. I want to double-check make sure I got that math right. Yeah, six-point lead, 51-45. to And the Rockets actually came out, uh, and this this was like after a strong first quarter from Kevin Porter Jr. We'll unpack that a little bit more later on. You know, he, he put up numbers. He was getting rebounds. The, the shot diet was a little not so great. Uh, the shots were going in but I wasn't a big fan of some of the shots that he was taking in that first quarter. So the Rockets had, you know, a a decent 
bit of breathing room between themselves and the Jazz, and they were kind of leading the way a little bit uh, throughout the, throughout the majority of this game. And then they get to the third quarter and they like bust it wide open for a little bit. They come out, kind of roar out to like almost a ten point lead at the top of the third quarter. Hit a couple threes back to back. Jabari drains a three. Jalen drains a three, and it's like okay, well maybe the Rockets are you know pulling away a little bit here. Jazz are gassed, whatever. It's fifty seven forty seven. And then the Jazz fight them, fight their way back into it. And from that point, the Jazz and the Rockets were basically neck and neck the rest of the way. I mean, at no point were the Rockets ever able to really create a ton of separation leading all the way into the fourth quarter and all the way down into the, you know, down to the wire in the closing moments of this game. They had some moments in the fourth quarter where they were, you know, six point lead, seven point lead. You know, and then the Jazz would have a response where the Rockets would go, you know, go cold and miss a few buckets and give a chance for the Jazz to kind of get back into the game. And it all boiled down to the final the final few possessions. I mean, it was at one point the the Jazz tied it up off of a Mike Conley layup at 108 apiece. Then Eric Gordon comes back down on the next end with less than a minute and a half to play, scores a layup, gives the Rockets a two-point possession. And then I thought one of the most important plays of the game was on the subsequent offensive possession for the Jazz. Right now, it's credited as a K- KPJ steal on the play-by-play sheet, but Jalen Green deed up Mike Conley on a drive with 60 seconds left in the game and forced a really tough drive and subsequent turnover that KPJ was able to corral the ball for. And I thought that was a huge defensive possession by Jalen Green in this one to give the Rockets, you know, a, a little bit of, you know, breathing room right, to save that one possession for them. And then they go back and forth, some stops, some misses, you know, no, neither team can get anything going. And then the Rockets actually have a defensive possession, a defensive stop uh, after an offensive tip out on Jordan Clarkson. EG D's up Clarkson, tips the ball off of his foot, but the refs called it the other direction. And so Steven Silas rolls in, throws his challenge flag out, and uh, the Rockets managed to overturn the call, giving them the ball back in the final moments. And then who else? But Jabari Smith Jr. in those final moments to sink the first pair of free throws to give the Rockets a considerable amount of breathing room, uh, putting the score up to 112-108, knocks down two free throws like it was the easiest thing in the world, no pressure, all the confidence in the world, and then comes back down and does it again uh, after the Jazz came back down and tried to make something happen offensively. Jordan Clarkson missed a you know missed a three-point attempt. Jabari Smith Jr. gets, you know, gets another opportunity to go to the charity stripe, knocks down two more free throws, giving him 21 points on the evening. And that was all she wrote. Rockets walk away with the dub 114 to 108. Now, again, I think Jabari Smith Jr.'s performance in this one, shout out Jabari Smith Jr., uh, the Locked on Rockets player of the game from this one. Uh, His stat line was so impressive for his first career game starting at the five spot. 21 points, 6 of 10 shooting, 3 of 5 from the three-point line, 6 of 6 at the charity stripe, including the four big ones at the end of regulation to put this game away for the Rockets. Nine rebounds, three of them were offensive, two assists, and three blocks in 34 minutes of run. This was easily the best game of his career so far, and he looked 
a lot more comfortable in this game. He looked more sure of himself. He looked more confident in the shots that he was taking. His shot profile looked better. He had, you know, strong some some strong offensive rebounds in this one where he was able to like convert one of them on a putback like right away. He had some really impressive blocks right at the rim. I mean, he was just uh, he was he was a great rim deterrent in this game. And we got a glimpse at this, right? We we got a, a little bit of a peek at this in summer league as to what Jabari Smith Jr. could be at the five spot because they weren't able to run Usman Garuba in Summer League. And so Jabari played the five in Summer League, and it looked really, really good. And I'm this was kind of a, a topic of not really debate, but just discussion over the offseason amongst Rockets fans is, hey, like, Jabari can play the four, yeah, but is he a future five at the NBA level? Because if he can add, like, 20... 25, 30 pounds to his existing frame and maintain his defensive versatility to where he can still switch out on a smaller guys and, you know, be a, a, not really a mismatch defensively, but just be somebody who can be a versatile defender and, and provide a range of coverages on defense while adding size to deal with some of the bigger bodies in the NBA, then yeah, like he would be fantastic as a full-time five offensively. This Rockets team had all the space in the world to operate. Like, it's one thing to have Bruno Fernando out there and you have the vertical spacing. It's another thing to have Al P out there and you have his passing gravity. It's another thing to run Jabari Smith Jr. at the five and you have all the space in the world to operate. Driving lanes were clear-cut, wide open. Some really easy opportunities for Jalen and KPJ to drive the ball in. Uh, KJ Martin had some moments where he was able to drive in a little bit off the wings. Josh Christopher had a driving layup that was, like, wide open because Jabari was spaced all the way out to, like, almost the logo. So Jabari's impact on this game at the five spot cannot be understated. He's a big reason why the Rockets won this game, both offensively and defensively. The three threes that he hit looked really comfortable in those. Uh, I think we're going to see it more and more as the season progresses, but kind of especially when he's playing the center position, right? Being able to walk into some of those trailing three pointers where he is, you know, he's the guy who got the defensive rebound on the other end. So he walks up and the defense isn't ready to pick him up and he just stops like two to three feet outside the three point line and just drains a super long triple so again a very very promising and impressive performance from Jabari Smith Jr. now there was the little dust up disagreement on the Rockets bench at the end of the at the end of the game in fact it was during the challenge by Steven Silas we we got a brief glimpse over at the Rockets bench uh Jalen Green Jabari Smith Jr. going at it with one another we're going to talk about that coming up in just a moment after a quick message from our friends over at LinkedIn these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. It's so simple to post a, a, a free job post to LinkedIn Jobs. And then once you have the post created, all you have to do is add the purple hashtag hiring frame to your profile to let people know that you are hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it incredibly easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience. Experience, so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's linkedin.com slash LockedOnNBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. And continuing on here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. Now, the... 
scene, if you will, at the uh, end of the game on the Rockets bench that did the rounds on social media. Everybody, you know, super concerned. Oh my God, are Jabari and Jalen not getting along? Do they not like each other? What's happening? Look, there was a clip via the Rockets broadcast where during the challenge by Steven Silas in that final like you know moment on the bench that we saw Jabari on the bench and and Jalen and Jabari were kind of talking back and forth going at it and Jalen standing up Jabari sitting on the bench and then camera pans away for a second uh it goes to the Utah Jazz bench we see like a close-up of Jordan Clarkson then it goes back to the Rockets bench and you see Jabari and Jalen are still kind of you know barking at each other and Jabari like stands up suddenly and immediately like KPJ goes to grab his grab his arm. KJ Martin and KPJ both stand up like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Steven Silas has to get up. John Lucas gets in there and, and you know, everybody's kind of like trying to calm everybody down. And it's very it's you know, it's it's a it's a moment. It's a scene very much between Jabari and Jalen. Look. This is a whole big nothing burger. This was a competitive game going down to the wire that the Rockets desperately wanted to win. One possession game, and that's it. That's all it was. It was two competitors, two dogs, two alphas trying to, or, you know, wanting to win this game. That's that's literally all it was. Look, it doesn't matter if it's sports, if it's video games, if it's damn board games, if it's a bet between friends, whatever, right? If you've like this was just two competitors competing at a high level, right? And if you've ever played professional or not professional sports, sorry. If you ever played organized sports in any capacity, if you've ever played organized anything where there's a competitive goal and you are trying to achieve that, especially with a team, there's going to be moments where you get heated with one another. There's going to be moments where you're like, "No, we need to do that. No, we need to you're you're arguing, you're trying to figure stuff out." That's all it was. And even after the game, when asked about the, you know, the the moment, uh, both Jabari and Jalen had thoughts on it. And Jabari said, we were just competing, ironing some things out with what coverage we were going to be in. And that was it. And then Jalen said, it was nothing. It's going to happen. Heat of the moment. All that matters is that we got out there and finished the game. And even past that, I mean, Jalen Green was asked post-game about... Uh, you know, what he had to say uh, about Jabari Smith Jr. and and his his role in this Rockets win. He said, very clutch. He, he's going to be one of those players that's going to get the ball towards the end of the game. So the recognition and the respect is there. This isn't something that needs to be blown out of proportion. This isn't, oh my God, it's the end of the world. Jalen and Jabari don't like each other. Not whatsoever. These are two competitors, two guys that we know are you know striving to win games that they want to compete they want to play well and this was the Rockets first chance to do that and they did it they put this game away Steven Silas mentioned that at the end of the game that play that was drawn up was to try and get Jalen or Eric the ball in the in those closing moments so that they could get you know fouled to get to the free throw line and they wound up going with the inbounds play to get Jabari the ball and Jabari sunk the free throws like it was nothing uh and Silas kind of joked it was like it's kind of nice to have like that as an option on the floor uh you know, obviously your primary options are Jalen uh, and Eric, and then you've got Jabari who you can get your, get the ball into the big and he can ice the free throws just as well. And that was, to me, a, a big, big part of this Rockets game. And it's been a big part of kind of th their entire identity this season is the fact that, look, last year they were the best team in the NBA at drawing free throws and getting to the free throw line. They were also the worst free throw shooting team in the entire association. In this game specifically, I don't have the league-wide stats run up. I'm not going to look at league-wide stats yet. It's four games into the season. We'll, we'll approach those numbers a little bit further down the line. In this game, though, 
The Houston Rockets managed to shoot 27 of 32 from the charity stripe, 84.4%. Again, big time free throws by Jabari Smith Jr. down the line, uh, six of six on the evening. Kevin Porter Jr. was a fantastic nine of nine at the free throw line. Jalen Green was three of three. Tari Eason was three of four. Dacian Nix was three of four. So that's a welcome, you know, welcome surprise from Dacian Nix to see him go. <clears throat> Better than one for, you know, one and one at the charity stripe during his respective trips. So the Rockets won this game, right? It's so it was so close at the margins, but they were a ridiculous plus do the math here plus 18 at the free throw line. My God. Yeah, 27 made free throws for the Rockets, 32 attempts. The Jazz only had nine made free throws on 16 attempts. Jazz shot 56.3% at the free throw stripe. The Jazz managed to play a better game than than the Rockets, like outside of the free throw line. I mean, the Jazz shot 47.3%. Uh, overall, they shot 34.4% from three. Rockets shot just 42.2% from the floor and then 31.4% from long distance. But they won the game at the charity stripe because they they played physical. They drove in a lot. They they you know forced the Utah Jazz defense to foul them and they converted at a high rate at the charity stripe. So for a game that came down to the wire, the Rockets were the team that made it, you know, made the buckets where it counted at the free throw stripe. And that's what ultimately gift wrapped him the win. Now, in this game, we'll talk about Jalen Green here for a moment because again, the the little, you know, Heated exchange on the Rockets bench was was nothing. I will say Jalen had a, a fantastically efficient game in this one. 25 points, 9 of 16 shooting, 4 of 8 from long range, 3 of 3 at the free throw line, as I said a moment ago. 3 rebounds, 3 assists, 3 turnovers. We'll clean that up a little bit. Really solid night from Jalen Green. Uh, especially, again, I, I mentioned the, the defensive stop on Mike Conley earlier. I, overall, I thought the Rockets' defense did a, a pretty solid overall job against this Utah Jazz team. This is a Jazz team. I want to make sure I get the numbers right on this because I, I had it pulled up here. Um, yeah, Utah entered tonight averaging a league-high 125.7 points per game. Now, granted, again, they've had two overtime games, so it's like you've got a little extra time to rack up the points. Uh, but they have not scored fewer than 122 in their first three games. The Rockets managed to hold the Jazz to just 108 points. Like, that's a relatively solid defensive showing. Uh, and last year, the Rockets were 9-9, nine and nine, so they were 500 when holding teams below 110 points. So, you know, it's a good sign as far as just the, the defensive chops of this team. But for Jalen Green, he had a great game through three quarters. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, and a big part of that was the fact that the Rockets and Steven Silas decided to stagger Jalen Green and Kevin Porter Jr. So when KPJ, I mean, Jalen Green had a fantastic third quarter kind of taking over a little bit once KPJ went to go hit the bench and, you know, he poured in, it was either 11 or 13 points in that, in that third frame. I want to say 11. That's what I'm going to go with my gut and I don't have it pulled up here. So, uh, finished the third quarter with 25 points, only had one field goal attempt the rest of the way through the fourth quarter. That cannot happen. You cannot have your primary guy, your number one option in Jalen Green, go the entirety of the fourth quarter with only one field goal attempt. You know, Eric Gordon had a good bounce back half, looked good, had some key buckets. KPJ was one of four in the fourth quarter. And that was one of the things where KPJ started to kind of cool down a little bit in the second half. And I would have loved to see him, you know, 
focus on getting Jalen a bit more involved, focus on creating some extra shot opportunities for Jabari Smith Jr., who finished with just 10 attempts. Um, but you can't have Jalen Green finish the game based on how well he looked and how how easily he was scoring the rock earlier in this one. You can't have him go the entire fourth quarter with only one field goal attempt. That might have been something that played into the little frustration at the end of the game is, you know, Jalen went the entirety of the fourth quarter with only one field goal attempt after hanging a bunch of points on the Jazz's heads in, uh, in the third quarter and, and having 25 points through three quarters. You know, he didn't really get any opportunities to score the ball in the final frame. Now, Jalen did have a key assist to K.J. Martin with a few minutes left in the game. He drove the ball in, kicked it out to the corner. K.J. drains a three. So, you know, it's not that he wasn't involved or wasn't impactful. It's just frustrating to see Jalen go that long of a stretch without having the ball in his hands and making something happen. And a big part of that was, hey, I mean, EG had the ball in his hands throughout that fourth quarter uh, for stretches, and he converted the looks that he got. KPJ, same thing, but didn't quite convert the looks that he got there in the fourth quarter. And that's that's where you need your point guard, you need Kevin Porter Jr. to recognize, hey, we haven't gotten Jalen a shot in a little while, and like he's sitting there with 25 points. Let's 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 draw up a play for him, or let's run something specifically for him to get him going, or to get him a, a you know a look here in the fourth quarter because the game's pretty close, and we could you know use our our primary scoring threat, our primary weapon offensively to help us put this thing away. And that's where Jalen also has to be a little bit more demanding, right? Where he needs to command the basketball and be like, no, hey, KPJ, nope, Jabari, nope, EG, nope, this is my. This is my team. I'm carrying us to this win, and I want the rock. So, overall, though, a really impressive performance from Jalen Green. Coming up, do you want to talk about uh, Kevin Porter Jr.'s performance in this one, as well as some of the other tidbits from this one, the Rockets' defensive approach to this game, uh, Usman Garuba and Tari Eason, and their relentless amount of hustle off the Rockets' bench. We're going to get there in just one moment. And final segment here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. Now, I did briefly talk about KPJ a couple different times throughout this game. I'm really impressed by the free throw shooting from him in this one going nine of nine uh, was a big reason why he had such a huge game in this one, drawing fouls at a really, really strong rate on the interior, being really aggressive. He spoke about needing to be more aggressive in this game after after the fact. He said during the first three games, he didn't really feel like he was being his usual aggressive self. He was maybe, uh, you know, being a little bit too timid with the ball, trying, you know, looking to get others involved still absolutely, but you know, doing it to the detriment of his scoring game. And that's when KPJ is at his best, I think, is is he still needs to be able to make those reads and recognize when to get guys involved. But KPJ also needs to be looking for his shots because that's when you get this version of KPJ who puts up 26 on 8 of 19. You like to you'd like that to be a little bit better. One of four from beyond the three point line. But again, the nine of nine free throw shooting, you love that number from him. And you love that he's finding ways to impact the game uh, outside of just scoring. He was a monster on the glass in this game. I asked him about it post game. I said, "So, you know, no Bruno, no Alpi. You just, I just, you just decide to go out there and get ten boards." And he kind of laughed it off. And he was like, "Yeah, well, we're we're a little small even when Bruno and Alpi play. So, you know, I got I got to do my job, my you know my responsibility on on getting rebounds, and that's just what happened tonight. So it's good to see, right? The Rockets have a, a pretty sizable backcourt in KPJ and Jalen Green, and both." those guys are uber athletic so for them to be able to impact the game uh using their athleticism and, and being able to close out defensive possessions strong by securing rebounds especially you know just the team kind of gang rebounding uh the jazz wound up out rebounding them by two 
the Jazz were plus two in the rebounding department, but the fact that the Rockets are so competitive on the glass after being just a complete pushover on the glass last season is a a welcome development with this team. And again, Jabari Smith Jr., Tari Eason, those guys are big additions to that. Guys like KJ Martin getting significant run in, you know, in the rotation are a big part of that. And even again, the added help of Jalen Green and Kevin Porter Jr. having nights where they're averaging, you know, they're getting four or five, six boards. Again, tonight, KPJ, 10 rebounds, really impressive showing from him. Uh, had a couple steals in there, had four assists, had a block. Uh, four turnovers. So again, you, you like to see him take a little bit better care of the basketball. Again, I've already kind of harped on some of the ways that he, he needs to focus on getting guys involved. He had a strong start to this game. I thought he was pressing a little bit early in the game because there were moments where, and this is my thing, right? And this, I shout out to Rick Higgins from Rocket Summer League when he said this. He basically said, uh, talking about when you drive the ball in, right? If you're seeing two sets of arms when you're shooting a shot, it means that somebody on the court is open and KPJ had a bunch of possessions in this game where he saw two sets of arms. Now he converted a lot of those looks and he drew a lot of fouls, but it doesn't mean that they were good looks, right? Because the moment you have two defenders on you, the moment you've drawn that secondary defender, that's where I need KPJ to get better at realizing where the open man is and kicking and subsequently kicking the ball back out to either get the defense in rotation or to get the wide open shot on the first kickout pass. So I'm not going to gripe on it too much because the Rockets won the game. It was still, uh, you know, an overall solid performance by, by the, the big three, the trio, if you will, on the team. This is the first time that KPJ and Jalen Green have both gone 20 plus in the same game since last season. So that's, uh, you know, a, a nice little occurrence there. And I'm sure they're going to do it a ton of times to close out this year because they did it last year. Nine out of the final 19 games, they both scored 20 plus in the same game. So I'm sure we're going to get that a ton more this season. The fact that we saw it just, you know, fourth game into the year, it's going to happen a lot more. Now, the Rockets defensively in this game, they I thought they did a pretty decent job. And a big part of that was Jabari Smith Jr. at the five. He allows them to just do so many different things. And... I did get a chance to ask Steven Silas pregame about Jabari at the five against the Grizzlies because Jabari Smith Jr. did play some minutes at the five against the Grizzlies, even though he didn't start against the Grizzlies at the five. And he talked about the fact that Jabari's not wasn't ready, you know, to to for the the blitzing schemes at the five. And so they they basically they they stuck with a lot of drop coverage. And against the Grizzlies, they're not a team that you really want to switch a ton against because they've got the size. So you basically have to play, you're basically playing drop or you're hedging a little bit, that kind of thing. And so in this game, the Jazz front court is not nearly as uh, Steven Silas used the word daunting. <laughs> and so as, you know, Giannis or, uh, you know, Steven Adams, th- those guys with tons of size. So the Rockets were able to use a variety of kind of defensive schemes in this one. They, they blitzed a couple pick and rolls. They were hedging here and there. Uh, they switched a lot, though. And that's where Jabari's at his best, right, is he can guard pretty much one through five on the floor. And it felt like the Rockets switching defense did a good job taking the jazz out of some of what they wanted to do offensively. Uh, They did a good job protecting the paint. Uh, Overall, I thought it was a really encouraging defensive performance by the Rockets. And Jabari even spoke post game about playing the five and the fact that he's kind of that, you know, that, that anchor defensively where he sees everything on the floor when he's at the five spot. Um, and for him, when he's playing the five, he makes it a point that, you know, he's got to protect the rim. Like that's, that's very much his objective when he is the five on the floor is protecting the rim, being that interior presence. And I think he achieved just that. He had three re- or three blocks, I should say in this game, he did a good job rebounding the ball. Uh, overall, it, Jabari looked very natural at the five and that 
very well may be his his future position, right? He can play the four, but maybe he's best served further down the line as an actual five at the NBA level. Um, elsewhere for this Rockets team, Usman Garuba and Tari Eason getting some run off the Rockets bench. So Usman not getting the starting nod in this game. I do love that Steven Silas opted to go KJ Martin in the starting lineup and Jabari Smith Jr. at the five, uh, especially against a Utah Jazz team that did not have nearly the amount of uh interior presence, I guess you can put it, as the Milwaukee Bucks did. Uh, Steven Silas basically explaining he wanted Usman to guard uh, to guard Giannis in the last matchup against the Bucks. so in this game, with only two centers on the roster, uh, even Boban Marjanovic got a little bit of, of early game run, a little four-minute stretch, where he was actually, you know, semi-productive. There were a couple moments where he got, you know, burned in drop coverage, but overall, you know, got some rebounds, had a point uh, at the free throw line, nothing crazy from Boban. But uh, I liked the choice to bring Garuba off the bench. And Garuba and Tari Eason, man, those two guys off the Rockets bench brought an insane amount of hustle, tenacity, energy. Tari was incredible in this game. 11 points, 9 rebounds, 3 steals, only 1 turnover. Missed both of his 3s, shot 3 of 4 at the charity stripe. Was only 4 of 12. On you know, as far as shooting goes, and I swear to you, there was a stretch in this game where Tari got blocked and rejected at the rim like three, maybe four times on subsequent possessions in a row, and did not let that deter him one bit. Like memory of a goldfish, and just kept attacking hard, going at the going at the paint, going at the rim, and eventually it paid off, and he got it. You know, got an and one opportunity and a trip to the charity stripe, and then to me, what was one of the plays of the game and. You know, Steven Silas talked about just the energy that that Usman and Tari bring kind of permeates throughout the rest of the team. There was a play near the end of the third quarter where the Rockets like started kind of fumbling the basketball and then, you know, the Jazz kicked it out, you know, cross-court pass and Jalen Green broke it up. Then Tari recovered the ball, drove it in, missed the layup. And then he and Usman are both fighting for the basketball. They can't quite get it. You know, Usman doesn't have it. Tari eventually picks up the loose ball and, you know, drills the layup. And it was just... It was such a chaotic, like, 30 seconds of basketball, 30, 40 seconds of basketball, to where you're just like, man, like, those guys are just fighting and scrapping and hustling, and, and like, the entire, like, TC was going crazy for it, and that's the type of energy that they bring. Steven Silas talked about the fact that those are two guys that play to exhaustion, right? They go out there, and they run, and their motor does not stop until they have nothing left in the tank, to where they're even sometimes calling for their own subs, where they're like, all right, coach, I played my eight minutes, I'm gassed, I need a breather, whatever, and it, it led to some very interesting substitution patterns at the end of the game because Steven Silas was basically like having to like sub one guy in, sub one guy out just so they get, get like a quick breather on the bench so that they could, you know, not have to play the entirety of the fourth quarter uh, on dead legs. And I thought that, again, Silas did a good job handling the substitutions in this game, making sure guys were fresh for the closing stretch uh, against, again, a good Utah, Utah Jazz team. And the last guy here that I want to talk about, uh, Dacia Nix, who had a, Solid game. Um, again, I feel like there's a very anti Dacia Knicks uh, like sentiment amongst Rockets fans, but he had kind of a calming presence on the Rockets in, in this game. And Dacian is one of those guys where he he can he has the awareness and the you know ability to settle things down on the floor for this Rockets team, especially in the half court. Uh, he finished the game seven points, two of three shooting, was three of four at the free throw line, had a rebound, had a couple assists, had a block, and. 
Steven Silas trusted him to be out there on the court in the closing minutes, right? As he was waiting to get Eric Gordon back into the game. I mean, there was there was a stretch out there where it was Dacian, Jalen, and KPJ on the floor all together at the same time. And there were some moments where Dacian kind of settled things down offensively and, and got the Rockets into their sets and, and got things going. And he might not have you know, directly resulted in points on, you know, on his stat sheet or an assist on his stat sheet, but his presence out there was, was pretty solid, all things considered. So, you know, he, he has a calming influence on the team, especially offensively when he's on the floor versus again, a guy like Josh who, you know, is, I don't want to say one dimensional offensively, but you know, Josh has a very specific niche offensively where he can go out there and he can get you buckets, right? He is a bucket getter. He's going to go out there and look to score at, pretty much every opportunity. And sometimes that's just not what you need. Sometimes you need a guy who can calm things down, slow things down and make sure you get into the right set, the right action to execute, you know, offensively and get a high level, high quality shot. And it felt like Dacian did a good job of that in this game. So with that, that's it for today's episode. As always, appreciate you for checking out the show. If you haven't done so yet, please consider subscribing wherever you listen to your podcast. That's Apple, Spotify, Google, Odyssey app, free and available on all podcast platforms. We're also on YouTube. Search up Locked on Rockets on YouTube. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. I already gave my thoughts on the little dust up between Jalen Green, Jabari Smith Jr. You can let me know your thoughts in the YouTube comment. Just let me know your general thoughts on the game because, again, I think it's a big nothing burger between those two guys. It's just two competitors being competitors. They spoke about it post-game. Jalen had praise for Jabari. Jabari had praise for Jalen. It's, you know, it, it it's nothing. But if you want to share some thoughts about it, let me know in the YouTube comments. I do read each every one of those every single day. But as always, thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. We look forward to having you back right here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.